welcome to Reality Roots Pod with me, your host, Hillary. Welcome. Thank you for being here. If you're new, welcome for the first time. If you're not new, thanks for coming back. I think I got a good episode this week. Uh, This is Jenny Jones that we're going to jump back into. This one didn't feel as traumatic as the other Jenny Jones episodes that I've done, which was good. I was entertained for sure, which was good. This is from 2001, by the way. I will note (laughs) that all the parents we are going to meet today are wrong. (laughs) Just want to start out by making it very clear that I don't agree with hardly anyone (laughs) that we see on stage or even in the audience. But (laughs) again, it's like Jenny Jones is such a bitch that she can't even be right. Like (laughs) her responses or her questions or the points that she's trying to make, she goes about it in the worst possible way where I have to shit on her too. Like you can't you can't even just be right, Jenny. You know what? If um, <laughs> if anybody else watched Dr. Phil, I don't know. Dr. Phil is like, <laughs> I don't know. There's good points and bad points about Dr. Phil. But um, I, w- I will say that one thing that, like one of his little, I don't know, Dr. Phil-isms that I don't think is terrible that I actually do really agree with is he often says never miss a good opportunity to shut up (laughs) truly words to live by I don't know if you guys know this but sometimes you can win by not talking and obviously Jenny's the host of this she has to talk but like she could have gotten a lot farther with saying a lot less and I'm None of this probably makes sense because we haven't gotten into it yet. I haven't even told you what the episode's about, but get excited because because everyone here is wrong, including Jenny. Even when she's right, she's such a bitch about it that she's still wrong. So strap in for a bunch of righteous anger on every side. It's like standing in the middle and just being like, you're all fucking terrible. It's great. It's great. It made me happy. Anyway, this is Jenny Jones. I think from what I can piece together from the episode, it looks, I'm going to say 2001, maybe 2002. Honestly, I didn't even think that Jenny Jones was on the air for that long. So (laughs) I was surprised by that. Even some of the outfits we'll see, I was, I was just as surprised that this was still happening in 2001. So this episode is called you're going to be a star or else. (laughs) That's the parents, I guess, talking to their children. Here we go. We start out with like this opening voiceover. Jenny loves to start. Jenny Jones, more than any of these other shows, like, I don't know what show they, (laughs) I don't know what show they thought they were making. Like, um, we get these like dramatic voiceovers. We get these like interstitial videos not so much in this one but I do remember seeing one in another episode that was like fully scripted and acted out interstitial video like we did not 
we didn't need it. <laughs> like I just, I don't know what show this is supposed to be or what they're, what they're aiming for or if they hit it. <laughs> I'm not sure. Anyway, it should, part of the, I didn't write it out because it was really stupid and boring, but it started, I think it started with, or maybe the second sentence was like, with the success of Britney Spears and Lil Bow Wow, <laughs> like, who wrote this? Like, honestly, who wrote this? It sounds like, it sounds like how you'd write an essay, right? <laughs> like, it sounds like, okay, we can't start too many sentences with nouns. So we're going to start with the success of Britney Spears and Lil Bow Wow. Like, wow, okay. <laughs> this is not, uh, that's not good writing. And I was going to say in my opinion, but I think that's just generally like, I think we can all agree that's a pretty low level of writing skill that put that out. Jenny is rocking the Rachel haircut. We see a lot of Rachel haircuts. That makes sense to me because that was super popular at the time. Uh, but she is fully blonde. Her shirt wasn't really that interesting. It was like a cream colored long sleeve shirt and it had kind of like a, uh, what do you call it? Like an, I want to say, I want to call it an applique. <laughs> My pigs were using that word wrong, but it had like kind of a sparkly looking flower thingy on it kind of the top corner by your shoulder. First up, we are going to talk to Daryl. And it's pronounced Daryl, but it's spelled like Darrell. <laughs> and if you watched Mad TV like 20 years ago, that will be very funny to you. If not, I'm sorry. Go look up Darrell on Mad TV. Very good. Anyway, this is Darrell. No, Daryl. He's 40 and he's, his kids, I guess, have like a, gr- a group, a music group called The Boys <laughs> with a Z, B-O-Y-Z-O-Z-Z. Or sorry, he says it wrong at first, but <laughs> basically he has three kids in this group and he's he says he's also working with his four-year-old and also he had one kid that already quit which means Daryl's 40 and he has five boys at home and that's a lot <laughs> like, that sounds like a lot of work Daryl I I appreciate a lot of these not all the parents but like at least the first two will say is that I'm like mm, Daryl I think you are doing it wrong but I understand the instinct <laughs> like I understand I understand why you're doing this. I don't I don't believe you're really doing it in the right way, but I do understand where you're coming from. So five boys, yikes. Yeah, I know you gotta keep them busy. <laughs> you gotta do something. Um everybody has well not everybody, I wrote everybody, but like Daryl and the boys, <laughs> the three of them that are officially in the group, are wearing matching outfits. <laughs> um not the youngest, I guess. So the four-year-old's there, but he doesn't, he hasn't made it yet, guys. <laughs> he doesn't deserve an outfit yet. He's four years old. He's got to step his shit up, y'all. He, they are, sorry, this matching outfit is like a yellow t-shirt with a black vest. And the youngest is just in like an oatmeal colored sweater. And I kind of felt like they could have, I mean, you could have put the kid in a yellow shirt or something, right? I don't think that would be unreasonable to ask. They practice six times per week and not on Sundays unless they're fucking around on Saturdays. And then you gotta, 
make it up on Sunday. Daryl is also in the group, which is like gross. Uh, he sings. Jenny Jones goes right in. I have a lot of like direct quotes from Jenny written down because I feel like you're not going to believe how bitchy she is unless like I directly quote her. So right away she's like, is this about you? (laughs) No chill. Daryl's like, no, I have my own show that I do myself. I don't force them. Like I don't force the kids to do this. And Jenny's like, yeah, but one kid already quit. Because you made him make a choice. Like, you forced him. That's what she keeps saying. She keeps saying you forced him to make a choice. Daryl explains. He's like, well, the oldest wanted to play football. And he was doing both. But it was too much. And he wasn't giving 110% at our shows. And it showed. And you know what? He doesn't say this. But I'm guessing he wasn't giving 110% at football either. Because football, I my understanding is that it's pretty demanding for an extra active like an extracurricular activity especially when you get to into like high school and it sounds like how Daryl set up this performance group is also very demanding so yeah it's probably it's just too much for one kid I just don't okay, I kind of not get hung up so early on this but like Jenny keeps going like you forced him to make a choice between football and the group and it's like I guess but like you can't ask him you can't ask him to give more than he has if he if those are two very demanding things that he wants to do and you don't feel like he's able to really like give it his all at one or the other because he's distracted with the other then telling him that and being like okay you have to pick one or the other because it's not working out doing both like, that's not unreasonable. I feel like I also had to do that in high school to be like, oh no, I've taken on too much. And now I have to like take responsibility for what I've taken on in the sense that like, I have to go to one of those teams and say, I can't do this anymore. It's my fault. I took on too much, but nobody's going to be happy if I'm just shitting the bed every week. (laughs) So this is where we are. Like, I don't, I don't feel like that's really that unreasonable. At least not as hard as Jenny feels. (laughs) Like, it's unreasonable. Jenny accuses him of exploiting his children for money. She talks about child... She's like, you know, because Britney Spears is out there making money and buying shit for their parents. Like, and then she tries to bring up Joe Jackson, but it does... She kind of gets cut off. Don't worry, guys. She'll get back to it, because obviously we can't not talk about Joe Jackson in this. Uh, Daryl's like, yeah, it'd be like a money. It'd be nice if it happens. And then it, I don't know, it sounds like they, honestly, I think they cut the tape. I think he was going to, like, I think he said more. And I think they just wanted to make him look shitty. And I think they cut the tape here, (laughs) honestly. Jenny is in fucking prosecutor mode now. Like, she's being such a relentless bitch. She's like, yeah, but... Or, <laughs> she says, the kids won't quit because they don't want to upset him. And Daryl's like, I don't think that's true. And Jenny's like, well, that's what they told us. <laughs> like, who are you, Jenny? You're like, the word... It's like, not even a prosecutor. It's like, what a high school girl thinks a prosecutor <laughs> would be like... And she's like, well, that's what they told us. Maybe they won't tell you, but that's what they told us. And Daryl's like, okay. <laughs> like, I don't know what she expected of him. What a bitch. Okay, so now we bring out the kiddos. We have Jermaine, who's 14. 
Justin, who's 13, little Daryl, who's nine, I guess that's Daryl Jr., and Andre, who's four, otherwise known as the boys. <laughs> I, don't, I don't feel good saying that. It doesn't make me feel cool. I just want you to know that. Anyway, Jenny introduces all of them, and then... like again like she's prosecuting them she's like I'm gonna split them up and just attack them individually (laughs) uh she's goes for the oldest one first and right away she's like so you're the one that told us your dad yells at you if you miss a step right (laughs) Jermaine's like I don't know he doesn't really say he's 14 so let's adjust our expectations for what he's actually going to say. He talks about like discipline, but he doesn't really say anything <laughs> definitive about it that I could pinpoint. I don't really know what time, like what point he's trying to make. And Jenny's like, if you wanted to quit, you wouldn't say anything, right? <laughs> like objection, leading the witness, even prosecutors don't do this because <laughs> you're not allowed to do this, especially to kids. Like everything she asks is such a leading question which is not only shitty, particularly to do to kids, but it also makes you a bad interviewer. Like, you shouldn't... Because even at best, then, if you're like, okay, if you wanted to quit, you wouldn't say anything, right? Right? Mm, good interview, Jenny. Like, really got a lot of information out of that. Thanks for that. Anyway, Jermaine's like, no, I wouldn't say anything. And Jenny's like, have you thought about it? And he's like, yeah, I thought about it. Justin's thought about it a lot. I will say, I wrote this. I shouldn't have written this. Wrote I shouldn't have written this. But Justin, I think they're shopping at the Husky store. That's all. I'm not saying it's good or bad. I just, it was notable, I guess. Like, I don't think he's being so overworked or, like, starved or... Especially dancing. Like, dancing is hard. I guess that's why I kind of thought it was no worthy because if you're spending six days a week practicing dance I don't know it just that's a lot of calories to burn <laughs> so I don't know what's going on he says he likes singing but he also says he feels pressured and Jenny asks Daryl if it's fair to put pressure on a 13 year old Daryl's like it's a that's a kind of a gray area like no I don't think you should put too much pressure on a 13 year old but I don't think that's too young for them to feel a little bit of pressure if there's something they're working towards Daryl says it is pressure and you have to be realistic about your goal setting and Jenny cuts him off like she doesn't even let him finish she's like it's your goal not theirs (laughs) everyone cheers and we get nowhere again this is what makes you a shitty interviewer or host interviewer you're I mean if you're gonna be a host then be a host but this is like interviewing what you're doing Jenny and you're doing it badly Jenny invites okay again I don't know if I'm gonna be saying this as clearly every time but Jenny now invites the boys to perform but she makes it super clear because she can't, <laughs> she doesn't want to be in a glass house throwing stones, obviously. So she's like, if you want to, if you want, only if you want to, though, like if you want to perform, do you want to perform? It's up to you. It's totally up to you. <laughs> like, okay, Jenny. Like, yeah, they're gonna, 
I I feel like you're saying that, but I don't feel like you mean that. Uh, The boys are terrible, and this song is also terrible, and the dancing is terrible. No one really has a good voice. They look like prisoners (laughs) forced to perform a musical, and the prisoners would probably be more, like, actual prisoners would probably be more talented. (laughs) Daryl Jr. has the best voice, I guess, but I also noticed that he's nine, which means he's probably, like, pre-puberty. Ugh, it's gross to even... Ugh, I hate that I said that, but um, I just mean, like, his voice is higher pitched than his brother's, and I think that's why it sounds better. Anyway, they do their little song and dance, and Jenny says that she saw talent because she's a fucking liar. She says she saw talent, but says they look unhappy. That is actually true. They did look really unhappy while they were doing it. Jenny gets so harsh now. I mean, she was already being harsh, but she goes in and she just doubles down on that. And she's like, do you ever... She's t- she says this, but she's... it's like she's asking Daryl, but it's actually like she's asking the kids... The word, the word sounded like she was asking Daryl, but I didn't interpret that as I was watching it, and the kids answered her, so. She says, do you ever talk about your oldest and how you forced him to choose? <laughs> anyway, Justin, uh, the 13-year-old, says, well, I felt bad at the time, but, like, I understand why he left. His dream is to play football. And Jenny's like, but did he really have to make that choice? You really couldn't let him do both? And like, Jenny, no, like, I, I don't, it'd be nice if he could do both, but I understand why he wouldn't be able to do that. And honestly, Jenny, Jenny, I think that would be putting more pressure on him. Like, <laughs> she's bitching about how much pressure they put on these kids, and then one kid doesn't want to do it, so they're like, okay, no pressure, go do football. And she's like, oh, you guys are assholes. Like, <laughs> what do you want from them? Daryl says, kind of what I already said, he's like, oh, yeah, okay, but he'd be super tired when he came home from football practice. Makes sense, because that's physically demanding, and then he wouldn't be able to concentrate or focus on what we were doing with the group. Jenny changes tax here. I think because she knows she's fucking out of line. She's like, are you a fan of Joe Jackson and Jermaine? Like, again, this could be... I don't really trust the editing to be real (laughs) with us. Because I think they're definitely trying to paint a narrative. But Jermaine... What they show us is Jermaine giving mad side eye about this Joe Jackson thing he's like "Mm, I can't it's a look he gives his dad a look when Jenny brings up Joe Jackson Daryl's like "Mm, I don't know and then again he makes like a an understandable point if not correct understandable he's like well as far as being involved in his kids lives the kids weren't don't know I mean now we're like 20 years past like we know about the Jacksons too so that it didn't age well what he says but I understand what he's saying like he's basically saying okay maybe Joe well he doesn't say it exactly like that maybe Joe Jackson went too hard I don't know I wasn't there but he was involved in his kids lives 
he was, I guess, like, an, we could call him an active parent. <laughs> like, he didn't just, he didn't disappear. He was there. Uh, he knew what his kids were doing. He knew what they were into. He was like, even Daryl's like, well, I don't think his kids were doing drugs, like, from what I know. I mean, I can't, obviously, it's like, Joe Jackson is obviously wrong as well, because his kid became Michael Jackson, who I think is probably one of the worst humans ever. I mean, because of Joe Jackson, he's terrible, but also when he became an adult, he was also terrible and hurt a lot of people, I think, um, because he was hurt. Hurt people hurt people, right? Let's <laughs> all take a moment to reflect on that. But, like, I do, I understand Daryl's point. Like, yeah, it's not good what Joe Jackson did, but... Like, there are, there were good points, I guess, or, I mean, his kids were successful, like, I don't know, it's just a great area, that's the problem, is that Jenny's really trying to paint this like a black and white issue, but then, as soon as she gives people a chance to talk, you see that it's really not as black and white as she's trying to make it out. Anyway, Jenny asks Daryl how his wife feels about this. Daryl says his wife does all the vocals and the scale range. Here's high school Jenny again, back to be like, well, your wife told us that you're like a drill sergeant and you need to lighten up and that you get mad if they get second place because it's not good enough. Okay. We cut to this little tape. It's, I guess it's, we'll call it an interstitial, but it was obviously uh, filmed backstage, (laughs) like probably right before she came on stage. Uh, she says he's too hard on them, basically. That's the other thing, is Jenny keeps stealing these people's talking points, (laughs) so then when they have a point to make, it's like, it doesn't really connect, because we already heard Jenny (laughs) making these accusations. And Michael is here also, he's the other son who quit to play football, he's 16, and he says the schedule was just too crazy. Wife the wife comes out she tells Daryl she's like I love you and I do think the kids enjoy it we just have to make it a little more fun for them (laughs) and Jenny's like Carmela are you sure you enjoy like sorry Carmela are you sure they enjoy it though and Carmela's like yeah they enjoy it (laughs) okay Jenny says she gets the feeling they're too scared to say if they don't like it and she throws to Michael she's like so you quit (laughs) Michael's like yeah we like performing and everything. It's just like the practicing was too intense. I'm going to cut in on myself here just to say that it is possible that Daryl is just, I, okay, this is another thing I understand as a parent. And I remember this coming up a lot on Dance Moms, which is also problematic. So let's not get too far into that. But I do appreciate that like as a parent, it's so hard to not be invested in your kid's success because you want the best for them. That makes it really hard to be their coach. Like, I think kids need a coach and a parent. And it's problematic when you as a parent try to take on the coach role because you're naturally... Like, the coach role is to be hard on you. (laughs) 
because that coach is trying to make you better, but that's not necessarily what you need from your parent at all times. Like you kind of need your parent to say like, oh, you did so great. That was amazing. I thought that kick was so high or like you really hit that note. Even if you didn't, like that's what a parent's for. A coach is there to be like, oh, I think you really could have done better there. It just gets messy. That's where I, that's the problem I think Daryl has. I don't think he's like as out of line as Jenny's making him out to be, but I think he would do their whole family a favor if he let this group happen without being involved or if he found a different coach for them. Anyway, now that I've interrupted myself, (laughs) um, Jenny has another super leading question where she's like, so because you had to choose and you're out of the group now, (laughs) You're like an outsider because it's a family project, right? Uh, hey Jenny, did Michael say that? No, like no, nobody, not even one person has on stage has brought up this issue of feeling like an outsider. Michael's like, yeah, sometimes. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Jenny's like, well, what do you do while they're rehearsing? And he's like, oh, I watch TV in my room. Now Jenny thinks that Daryl's a bitch because she's not making Michael. He's not making Michael practice with them. <laughs> and he lets him watch TV in his room. And he's still an asshole, according to Jen. Daryl jumps in to be like, no, like we do involve him. He plays, like he runs the music for us while we're practicing. Is that better? Like, I don't know. It's just like, everybody's wrong. Jenny's so out of pocket. That's the main problem. Jenny still keeps pushing. Anyway, it doesn't even matter. Like, (laughs) she's so out of pocket. Daryl's like, like, after Daryl's like, yeah, he runs the music for us. Jenny's like, he feels left out. He just told us that. Yeah, Jenny, because you told him to say that. (laughs) Bitch. Daryl's like, Michael's more than welcome to sing with us any time. Jenny's like, he's not more than welcome. You made him choose. And don't say you didn't. (laughs) Jenny, you're wrong. Like, how are you? How are you wrong right now? How are you wrong? (laughs) You're doing this to yourself. Daryl's like, that's not true, though. Uh, We got a commercial here and in a, in a, in a too perfect way that I you wouldn't even believe it's real. We get we get these slides every time they throw away to a commercial. We get this like child star stats PowerPoint slide. That's the I tried really hard to come up with like the right word for it, and then I was like, these are PowerPoint slides. <laughs> what it is? It's like a picture and some text, and it says child star stats. So here's our first quote-unquote, child star stat. Stevie Wonder, I wrote Steve Wonder in my notes, autocorrected to Steve Wonder, which is funny. Stevie Wonder was just 12 years old when he cut his first record. That's it. (laughs) Why is that a stat? That is not even recent. What the point of that is, I don't know. And it's not a statistic. It's just a fact. It's just a throwaway fact about Stevie Wonder. Okay, so got it. (laughs) Thanks. Next time somebody asks you when Stevie Wonder cut his first record, you thank me. (laughs) Send me an email and say thank you. I knew. It was 11. Statistically. (laughs) Next up. 
Our next parent, Cynthia, who is 32. Cynthia has cornrows, which isn't a bad thing, but she has really big features. Like, she has really big eyes and really big lips, and it kind of makes her look like a fish. (laughs) Especially when she's just sitting there with her mouth open, which happens a few times. Her kids, she says... I didn't even catch this on the first go, but she says her kids are in a Christian rap group. That is not what I would call this. And then we go through her kids' names and later, like way later on, they do, like when the kids come out, we do see their names written out on the screen, but you guys don't know how long I spent trying to figure out like how many times I had to rewind it like back 10 seconds back 10 seconds trying to figure out what the fuck these names are (laughs) that's what we should be on here for right now with Cynthia is moms who give their kids insane names first we have (laughs) so stupid we have Brittany Estrelar Okay, Brittany Estrelar. Like I said, I wrote that many times. Like I listened many times so I could write that. Brittany Estrelar. I even put on the YouTube closed captioning and it thought it was Ice Trailers. Ice Trailers. That's what it wrote down. Brittany Ice Trailers. (laughs) Estrelar. Cynthia. And she's like, oh my God. That's even, it's even more ridiculous because not only is her name Brittany Estrelar, Cynthia then says, that's French for Australian star. Okay, first question, why would you name your kid Australian star when they're not Australian? Second question, no, it's not. (laughs) It's not, that's not true. Like I speak French, guys, I promise I'm not even pulling this out of my ass. I am fluent in written and verbal French, and that's not French for Australian star. Australian star, I guess, would be l'étoile d'Australie. So let's just compare, okay? Contrast and compare. What I what did I just say? Étoile d'Australie. What is her name? Brittany Estrelar. Okay. Jesus. <laughs> her next kid is. Brana Sky Large. This is sorry, Skylar. I wrote it both ways. I wasn't sure. YouTube cap- captioning said Sky Large. Brana Sky Large. And I I thought it was Skylar. I was gonna write Skylar, but here's the thing: is that her next kid's name is okay. <laughs> what what it's written again this is kind of with help from youtube captioning b john knight large like and the way the kind of the captioning picks it up is like his name b john knight large and but no his name b no the b was part of his name bijan like dijon like the mustard <laughs> I can't believe how long I spent looking at these names and trying to make sense of them. It's crazy. And then the next one is... I don't know what the next one is. Closed captioning says B. Joe Clark. <laughs> like his name, B. Joe Clark. No, his name does not B. Joe Clark. I think it's B. Joe. B. Joe. 
Clar Large. I don't know. I don't know. Here's what I heard, okay? Quick Cole's notes on these names, which I've already spent way too long on. Brittany Estrelar, Brana Sky Large, B. John Knight Large, B. Joe Clark. No, B. Joe Clark Large. Wild. Wild. <laughs> That's the most abusive thing, I think. Uh, Jenny starts in on this girl's schedule. They put the schedule up. I could, I guess I could have typed it out, but it was just, like, boring shit. It was, it was pretty specific, I guess. I think I saw, like, an 8.13 in there, like, 8.13 a.m. I didn't think, I don't know, it didn't really seem that out of line, I guess. I mean, if you're going to live that, your life that way. Cynthia, well, Jenny's like, you run this schedule like a drill sergeant. And Cynthia's like, bitch, I have four kids. <laughs> I need a schedule or I'd be fucked for sure. <laughs> like, I don't know. I really, I never looked it up, but I feel so confident that Jenny Jones doesn't have kids. Because, again, I don't run my life on a schedule like that. But I understand the instinct to do that when you have four kids and we don't mention any fathers in Cynthia's story. So I'm kind of left to believe that she's a single mom of four and maybe she's taken it too far with the control. But again, like I, yeah, I bet her life feels very chaotic and out of control and I understand (laughs) where she's going with this. The schedule, like I said, the schedule is very specific. But also I want to point out that I did look at it. The the singing time, like the the singing, like we're now we practice singing, that was for 30 minutes. It also included 15 minutes, this is every day, apparently, 15 minutes for karate, 45 minutes for homework, and baseball game slash playtime after that didn't really make sense it was that was like the 5 30 to 6 p.m spot and like dinner was 6 p.m so I don't know if they're playing baseball that doesn't seem like enough time to play baseball but okay so 30 minutes of practice 15 minutes of karate which is a different activity okay and that's 45 minutes now we've devoted to other act like extracurricular activities 45 minutes for homework so we're even stevens on that and then 30 minutes of playtime and we don't see any schedule after dinner so they have dinner at 6 p.m these kids are a bit older right like four six and nine i think yeah i thought there were four kids how many kids is this i guess we'll find out later but um i just didn't think I don't know, like, they're probably not going to bed right out, like, immediately after dinner, so, um, it's fine, like, (laughs) I don't know, I assume they're probably playing after dinner, too, so, it's strict, it's rigid, I don't think it's, like, abuse, I don't think it's Joe Jackson, that's for (laughs) sure. Jenny asks Cynthia if her kids want to be in show business. Cynthia's like, well, they don't, like, practicing or sorry she says they didn't like practicing but they like spending time with me so I started doing it with them okay again I don't necessarily disagree with that like it's one thing okay I live in Canada so say it's hockey and you're like you have to play hockey but you don't play hockey yourself like 
yeah, young, young kids aren't going to be into that. Probably like little kids want to do what you're doing. So I guess if you have a specific thing that you think is important for them to do, then yeah, do it with them. Like, I, I just don't think that's like an unreasonable strategy. Jenny's like, but then well, yeah, Jenny's like, and you rehearse a lot, right? Not really, Jenny. We just saw their schedule. And then I get, I don't know if this is like that baseball, that very unclear, like 5.30 to 6 p.m. slot, but Cynthia's like, well, there's 30 minutes and then, okay, so that's the 30 minutes of practice. And then the 30 minute game, that must be what she has, like what we're talking, the 5.30 to 6 p.m. I don't know why baseball got in there, but then she's like, and then the 30 minute game, I put all the games in a cup, like catch, basketball dancing or like it's just another like activity so it's one of the games in there so it's that tell and like and then I guess they pick from the cup so that wouldn't be every day I don't know how many games are in the cup we don't get into that but 30 to 60 minutes a day okay Jenny is like so it's a game for them because you spank them if they mess up right (laughs) Cynthia's like okay you get three warnings First warning, you do six dictionary words. Second warning is math problems. Third time, now you're just not listening. Now you get spanked. This, I think, is kind of the crux. Same way where I was like, I think the real like root issue of Daryl is that he needs to de- delineate the roles of coach and parent. Or I don't know if delineate was, I I went, I swung for the fences with a big word. I don't know if that was right, but you know what I mean? Like he has to learn to separate those. I think Cynthia's problem is that she's maybe needs some help disciplining her kids. It's just Jenny Jones keeps being like, you spank them if they fuck up. But it's like, from what Cynthia says here and later, I think that's just Cynthia's mode of discipline, like for anything. It's not really specific to performing. It's just how she tries to get her... She tries, she, it's how she's trying to exert her authority as a parent, which may or may not be right. I don't really agree with spanking as a strategy. I just don't really think it works. But the that would be more of the question. And of course, that is... Now we're getting into gray areas again. So that's... We can't talk about that. We just have to make her a bitch because that's not the narrative of the show we're on right now. (sighs) Jenny asks Cynthia if her kids want to be famous and Cynthia's like, definitely. And Jenny's like, well, they said you're the one that wants to be famous. Throws them directly under the bus. What a bitch. I also want to take a moment to say that Jenny, if you think that these parents are abusing their kids, do you think it's wise to come out here and throw them under the bus like that? Like, these are kids and their parents, and it's already uncomfortable, but what if there was, like, what if it was a couple, right? What if it was a husband and wife, and Jenny thought, like, or we all thought that the husband was abusing his wife, and we started being like, well, is she happy? And he's like, yeah, and she's like, well, that's not what he told us, or that's not what she told us that's dangerous like you are an asshole if you're doing that because what do you think is gonna happen they're gonna go home together and he's gonna beat the shit out of her even worse like so congratulations Jenny even if you're right you're still wrong because you're still aggravating the situation and doing nothing to help it like 
Oh, God damn, I hate her so much. Cynthia's like, well, I want to be a dancer. She's like, I don't, like, Cynthia's like, I don't want to, I don't know if this is true or not, but she says, I don't want to be a famous Christian rap artist. I want to be a dancer. So, no. I don't know. It doesn't make sense, guys. Sorry. (laughs) Jenny is like, well, where do you see all your family in 10 years? And Cynthia's like, I would like us all to be together, uh, connected with God, and all performing together as a family. Jenny says, do you want to get rich out of this? And Cynthia says, more important than money is God and family. Like, Cynthia does seem to talk a lot about God and family. Again, if she's being honest or not, I don't know. But Jenny's not really doing herself any favors by coming on this hard line. And then she's like, I love God and family. And it's like, Jenny, it's just an uphill battle to make this woman a bitch like that. But she's doing her best, guys. Kids, the kids come out. They are four, six, and nine. Again, I thought she gave us four names earlier. But anyway, so they have four, six, and nine. And their group is called Be Large. What are, what are these names? Like, what? I just, I don't know. I just got a hands to God it, I guess. I don't understand what these names are about. Jenny asks the nine-year-old, who we see her name written out now, it's Brittany Astray. Not French. <laughs> it has it has an accent aigu, but it's not Astray. Not a word. Uh, she asks Brittany Astray, how do you feel about being in the group? Is this what you want to do? And I'm just going to call her BA. Most definitely. Jenny is like, most of the time, yeah. Uh... No, Jenny, that's not what she said. She said, most definitely. And Jenny's like, yeah, most of the time. Yeah. (laughs) No. (laughs) No. Uh, Jenny continues, is there anything else you want to do? And she says, I want to act. So she's like, okay, yeah, that's kind of similar. Didn't get what she wanted out of Brittany yesterday. So now we're going into the six-year-old, who's very cute, by the way. She's a very cute girl. Uh, But her name is Brianna Skye. Okay. She, yeah, she's really cute. Jenny's like, yeah, it's probably not fun when you're being pushed though, right? Does your mom spank you? (laughs) Like, this is a six-year-old child. She looks so uncomfortable. Jenny, you're a monster asking a six-year-old to shit talk their mom on stage in front of that mom. Like, you are worse (laughs) than the parents at this point. She's like kind of nods at the like she nods, but she's looking at the ground and Jenny's like, Yeah, that's not fun, eh? Next she goes after the four-year-old Bijan Knight. Like Dijon Knight. <laughs> I can't get past that name. Bijan Knight. He's also very cute. He's four. Four-year-olds are like always cute. I don't think I've ever met. Like, when kids get, like, two, three, four, I don't think I've ever met a kid in that age range that wasn't super adorable. It's a very cute age. Jenny asks Bijan Knight. (laughs) This poor kid is not going to be able to... Four years old, you're supposed to be able to, like, write out your own name. There's no way. (laughs) Bijan Knight is going to be... Or, Jesus Christ, Brittany Astray or whatever. Astray. (laughs) It sounds like Ashtray. That's a terrible, I can't, I feel like half of this 
episode is just going to be me shit-talking these names, but they were wild. Uh, Jenny asks Bijan Knight, what's the best part of all this? And he doesn't answer. I'm guessing his mom was like, if you don't know, then just make this silly face, but it doesn't even make any sense. He just kind of like mugs for the camera. And Jenny's like, oh, what's the worst part? And he's like, because he's four and four-year-olds. You know, they do say like it can take, especially boys, it can take like maybe 20 to 30 seconds for them to like process the words that you've said to them. And then they also have to come up with a response. So it's actually kind of made sense to me because she's already moved past her last question, but Bijan Knight is still there. He's like, we like singing and dancing and acting and basketball. (laughs) Jenny realizes this kid is too young for her to grill. So she goes back to Brianna. She's like, oh, what are rehearsals? What are they like? Are they kind of long? Brianna's like, no, they're pretty short. (laughs) She's six and she's like, no. Jenny... Uh, facing another brick wall. <laughs> the six-year-old goes back to the nine-year-old. She's like, could you quit if you wanted to, though? And she's like, she she does say it. Brittany Astray says no. Jenny, having finally got somewhere, <laughs> finally got some traction with these kids, she's able to go in on Cynthia for something, right? She doesn't miss it at all. Don't worry. She's like, Cynthia, oh, there you go. She says she can't quit. Cynthia's like she never asked me to quit and Jenny's like yeah but you never offered Cynthia's like well I'm not trying to teach my kids to quit like again here we are into another gray area of parenting with Jenny which Jenny just has no like she doesn't understand any of the nuances to this I don't think at all yeah like if her kids aren't asking her to quit it's it would be kind of weird for her to offer it up, I guess. Like she should make maybe she should do a better job at making them feel more comfortable to quit if they want to. But if your kid's not enjoying something because it's difficult, I don't really know if the right thing to do is to just be like, oh, you can just quit that. <laughs> you don't have to do that. Don't worry about it. Like we are trying to build discipline, right? Jenny's like, mm, but is this her dream? And Cynthia says a lot of words that I didn't care about. It wasn't anything important, I promise. She's like, if only she has God in her heart, she'll go far. Now we get to watch a video of them rehearsing. Doesn't really seem that crazy. I mean, I guess, obviously, Cynthia knows the cameras are on, so maybe she's not in her, like, full bitch mode. But to be honest, it it looked like a mom with three kids trying to teach them a song and dance. Like, uh, to a four, six, and nine-year-old. It didn't, I don't know, she wasn't, like, screaming. She seemed reasonable. Like, the kid, the four-year-old, I think, was having trouble focusing. She's like, oh, like, you want a snack? Okay, like, let's just get through this one thing, then we can get a snack. Like, it wasn't, it just didn't seem that unreasonable to me. Jenny's, when we come back from that little video, Jenny's like, well, how do you think the kids are going to feel when they're older and they remember getting spanked for not doing a dance move, right? And Cynthia's like, I spank them for not doing homework. (laughs) That's really the last thing we hear, like, of substance out of Cynthia. And it seemed really out of left field, but I under, this is what I was saying, right? The spanking isn't just about the dancing. The spanking is what she is using as a form of discipline. (laughs) It's problematic, but it's not just, like, a stage mom issue. (laughs) It's just, like, a mom issue. 
anyways, I guess because there's no dad uh, in the picture. I, I mean, I'm assuming that, but this is backed up by the fact that cousin Alvin is here. And he says that Cynthia runs her house like a boot camp. And he says that Cynthia is the one that wants to be famous. And the kids will grow up to resent her. (laughs) This isn't a reference that I really got, but he was like, they'll be just like the kids on Different Strokes. Think about it. (laughs) I was like, never watched Different Strokes, so don't really have anything to think about myself. But okay. Alvin comes out and makes like the same points that he just said. But also he adds, you know what I'm saying at the end of every sentence that he says. Be large performs now. The large, blarge. <laughs> I want to call them blarge. Blarge performs and guess what guys? It's also terrible. Horrible. I would say it's worse than the first one. The first one they seemed like they weren't that good and they weren't trying that hard. Blarge is just bad. It's just bad. I don't think it's the kid's fault. This is an original tune called Shoot 'em Up. It's mostly Cynthia quote unquote rapping. And I did, I was talking with my partner this morning and I'm going to say it again. I say it again and I say it again. I, I think if I were to make a rap song, I think I could at least hit the level that Cynthia's hit here. <laughs> and I say that as the worst rapper, like not even the worst rapper. Like I, I, like I know how bad I would be at it and thus I've never tried. And even just based on how bad I think I would be in my head, I still think I would be close to the level of this performance. <laughs> it was really bad. Like, the words were bad, the song was bad. It's exactly as bad as you think it would be. Here's the thing. It's mostly Cynthia rapping. (laughs) The kids aren't rapping. The kids are, like, I guess, quote-unquote, dancing. But by dancing, I mean, like, softly bopping and maybe clapping along. And then a bunch of times they're like, shoot him up, shoot him up. Shoot him up, shoot him up. Cynthia yells more shit and they're like, shoot him up, shoot him up. That's the other thing is Cynthia is like yell rapping. <laughs> it's really bad. Her voice cracks. Okay. <laughs> Her voice cracks at one point. My voice is probably cracking because I feel like I'm going to lose my voice right now. But um, it sounded like it just cracked because she yelled too loud. It's just really bad. I guess we'll call it Christian rap. Like the... The lyrics were really bad, but I they feel like I did hear God in there a couple times or allusions to God. Uh, when they're done, an audience member is like, you spanked them for fucking up? You should be spanked. And she gives them, like, Cynthia kind of gives them sexy eyes for a second before she's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think she rethought it. She's like, oh, that wasn't... I don't think the point. <laughs> I think she thought it was, like, a compliment for being sexy. And then she's like, oh, fuck. I don't think that's what it was. Another audience member is like, you mean to tell me it takes six hours a day to do that? Uh, Let them play. They're children. Let them play. And that would be a solid burn, but I don't see or remember anywhere where Cynthia said they were practicing for six hours a day. 
30 to 60 minutes is what I got out of their schedule. So I, I don't know where that's coming from. Another audience member is like, if you talk about God so much, why don't you put them in Sunday school and let them sing for an hour on Sundays? Okay, Sunday school is not the same as choir, first of all, but okay. Cynthia responds by saying they sing in four church choirs. Why? (laughs) I would have loved a follow-up question on that. I don't even know if I could find four churches. Four church choirs, that that sounds time-consuming. Like, where was that in the schedule? Jenny goes in on Alvin. She's like, Alvin, is this about money? Alvin's like, you just all seen it. She's the star. The kids are just there. That's true. (laughs) That was kind of what we watched. Jenny says, well, if you think they're just pleasing you, that's why they're doing it, I bet. I don't believe that they really enjoy it. (laughs) I just made another note here. I kind of already hit this point, but is extracting information out of kids and then using it against their mom in front of them on stage psychologically good for the children I just want to make sure that we're this is supposed to be for the benefit of the children I think like to make their lives less stressful if we can convince these parents to ease up I'm just not sure if the cure is doing more damage than the problem itself so we get another commercial break but first we get a child star stat (laughs) another statistic if you will using the term lightly it says the jackson five were between the ages of 11 michael and 16 tito when their first album was released okay still not a statistic just another useless fact and that's actually older than i would have thought i thought honestly michael jackson was performing when he was like seven or eight if you would have asked me but it just says that's when their first album was released, so obviously he didn't start at 11, it just, you know. Now we're going to meet Jenny's best chance to make a clear point. <laughs> Jenny, if you can't make a point against this guy, what are we, why are we, why are we even here? We meet a dad and his son. The dad is Jerry, and he has an 11-year-old son named Jack. Jer- Jerry is a stand-up comedian and he wants his son to be a stand-up comedian. He has his son out all night at stand-up and comedy clubs, I guess running sets. Jenny asks about school. She's like, well, what about school? Like, how do you have your kid up all night, every night till close at the comedy club? Like, (laughs) what about school? And Jerry's like, yeah, Zach's on the honor roll. He's never missed a day of school. Okay, but Jenny's like, okay, but how late is he out? Like, is he getting sleep? <laughs> this is the, this is the one part of this episode where I actually can't be on Jenny's side because she's picked the correct point. <laughs> Jerry's like, he kind of says some numbers, but I don't know. He's like, well, if you got home at three, and then usually he's up at nine. I don't know, probably like three or four hours a night. Hey, Jerry. <laughs> At first, I was like, I think that's child abuse. Like, if you're, especially 11-year-old boys, I think they need extra sleep. Like, I think they're supposed to be getting, like, I don't know, like, 12 to 14 hours or something. Like, they're they're doing a lot of growing. Their bodies aren't changing. Like, they have a lot of 
developmental things going on. I That's why usually teenagers sleep more than girls. At 11, I feel like we're getting in, like we should be getting into that now. He should be sleeping like more than three to four hours a night. Secondly, I think that's just abuse. Abuse. Like not, not even specifically child abuse. If you are in a relationship and your partner only lets you get three to four hours of sleep per night, that's also abuse. Humans need more sleep than that. Zach is wearing what I would, I guess I would call it like a stand-up costume. <laughs> like if you were alive in 2001 and you're like, I'm going to be a stand-up comedian for Halloween. I feel like this is what you'd pick. He's got, what did they call them? It's on Friends too. I want to call it like a Kangol hat. Kanga hat? Kangol hat? It's made out of leather, I think. And he's got like a button-up collared shirt with like a design kind of pattern on it. I wrote like pre-Ed Hardy-ish. Don't think Ed Hardy was out at this point. Maybe he was, but it wasn't Ed Hardy, but it was like three steps before you get to Ed Hardy, you go to Walmart and pick out the shirt. <laughs> I think. Pretty sure that's how it goes. Okay, this Jenny kind of loses me a little bit here for just a second. Jenny's like, well, what if he wants to play with his friends or play video games? And Jerry's like, honestly, if we have a show coming up, you can play video games later. And, okay, I don't, I, okay, Jenny, like, <laughs> Jerry's wrong and Jerry's an asshole. And in that sense, I have to be on Jenny's side. But Jenny, I can't sit here either and advocate for boys, particularly kids, to be playing video games over their extracurricular activities like or over anything like they're not really good either (laughs) for your brain development so I don't I don't you could have picked any other any other direction Jenny would have made more sense honestly anyway Jerry is also a comic here he says that he says he writes Zach's material and he coaches him Jenny's like so is this how you make your living too and he's like yes Jenny invites him to do some comedy. Like, she's like, oh, can you give us a little bit, a little taste, a little flavor of Jerry, <laughs> the comedian? And he's like, no, because apparently it's too dirty slash edgy for daytime TV. I just want to remind everyone at this point about the last Jenny Jones episode that I covered where it was like mom and I play guys together. <laughs> but... But Jerry's comedy was too dirty for daytime TV. Jerry is positive that this is what Zach wants to do. And he's confident that Zach will confirm that when he comes out. Great. Jenny's like, well, he told us. Like, again, Jenny, like, why are you like this? She's like, well, he told us that sometimes he'd rather watch TV than practice. I think even Jerry, maybe not exactly here, but like, yeah, me too. most of the time maybe not I'm not a big tv person but like yeah I'd rather do nothing than work (laughs) of course um anyway and then he's also like also known as the Zach man (laughs) it's a terrible nickname Zach comes down the runway they make all these kids march down the runway by the way Jenny says that Zach told them that sometimes he thinks his dad is using him to become famous and Zach is like nodding So I guess he agrees. Jerry makes a point or tries to make a point of like, 
okay, maybe it's not great what I'm doing, but also, like, what about crazy baseball parents? Like, what about parents that put their kids in baseball and get out in the stands and scream themselves stupid at them and, like, make assholes of themselves? Hey, Jerry, (laughs) just because somebody else is doing something bad that's the same as what you're doing, it doesn't make it okay for you to do it. You can both be shitty. (laughs) Saying that there's other shitty parents and other... Um, activities doesn't it doesn't make you better and someone from the audience is like not at three in the morning <laughs> which I mean yeah I guess Jerry too like we're just picking the wrong points to go after him is the problem Jerry's like okay well fine but if they have to get up early on Saturday for a game or whatever like what's the difference Jenny asks Zach if he wants to be a stand-up comedian when he grows up And Zach's like, yeah, sometimes I do. Sometimes I'd rather go outside and hang out with my neighbor. Pretty normal, like, 11-year-old stuff, I think. Uh, Apparently, they're rehearsing for three to four hours per day, which does actually seem excessive. Um, And Dad writes all the material. Jenny asks if he's giving up other activities. Like, he's like, yeah. Or she's like, is there anything else you want to do that's not this, that you feel like you can't do because you have to do this? And he's like, yeah. And... Jerry's like, well, well, Jerry makes the same point I did before. He's like, yeah, I'm an adult, and sometimes I don't want to do hard work either. <laughs> like, I understand that. It's not, like, crazy of me to tell them they still have to work. And Jenny's like, okay, but he's a kid? Like, you're an adult. He shouldn't have responsibilities at 11. And Jerry just whatevers his way through that. Zach now gets up there and performs his little set, And it is the cringiest thing I have ever. I mean, oh, Jesus. Stand-up comedy is very cringy, (laughs) first of all, generally. Like, I have friends who do comedy. I've seen them bomb. It was very awkward. (laughs) And I have every... I think they are talented, and I do think that they are good stand-up comedians. But watching someone bomb is very difficult. <laughs> like it's, and it's bound to happen, right? Like, it's just part of being a stand-up comedian. Watching an 11-year-old bomb is very uncomfortable. And what makes it really worse, like, I feel like... Oh, what's this guy's name? I feel like Jerry was trying to, like lean into it or like steer into the slide in a way with this set because he said that he wrote all Zach's material so this is all from him and I feel like he knew like how they were gonna paint him and he's like I'll show them by making jokes about it and it's it's worse like it's worse it's so much worse than if he would have I wish he would have just made jokes about puppy dogs that were shitty jokes and (laughs) that'd be fine we could move on but instead this is his first joke he's like people ask me why I do this well in my family it's about the only way you're gonna get any attention yikes (laughs) okay (laughs) is that a joke like where was the joke okay it seems really like forced and awkward just his whole delivery is like watching someone do stand up with a gun to their head (laughs) I it's just really bad this whole thing is just really bad the rest of the set is basically about how his dad's a manic depressive it's also very or like awkward it's an awkward it's an awkward like 
it's an awkward topic, especially 20 years later where we talk about, like, where we talk about this. Um, it's so weird. <laughs> it's, I don't know. It's just, like, it seems like he's memorized it. It's not organic. I guess he gets a couple laughs. Like, I'll give him that. He gets a couple awkward laughs. <laughs> okay. And then he ends with... My dad's kind of silly, but I love him a lot. And then he gives us a redneck joke or something. Like, a, just an unrelated redneck joke. <laughs> just to button it up, I guess. Jerry demands a standing ovation. <laughs> Jerry's like, why aren't you standing up? <laughs> okay. Calm down, Jerry. So now you're the baseball parent. Like, what? Zach said he enjoyed the performance. And he got the laughs he wanted, I guess. Like, Jenny's just giving him leading questions to say that, by the way. Jenny asks him, if your dad tomorrow said, you know what, I think this was a bad idea. No more stand-up for you. What would you say? And Zach's like, I'd say that's fine. <laughs> and everyone's like, I knew it! <laughs> Jenny's standing there with her hand on her hip. Like, hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, there you go. It's like, well, I don't think that was as big a point as you thought it was. Jenny's like, well, your mom's here. How does she feel about it? And Zach's like, well, she disagrees, but she has to deal with it. Which, to me, was a disturbing thing to hear from an 11-year-old about their mother. Susan, the mom, is here. Again, she says the same points that Jenny already made, because Jenny stole all her points. She says she's tired of Jerry pushing this on him. She also complains about the sleep, like the lack of sleep. And her 11-year-old is hanging out in bars all night. She says he has to practice the same jokes over and over and over again. We could tell that. And he gets frustrated and he can't do any other activities because, and he's only 11. Like he should be able to find other islands of competency. She says it's, uh, it's too much pressure on Zach. Between comedy and school, he has more responsibility than most 40 year olds, which is like, yeah, I, I see I'm on the mom's side because I believe she has her son's best interest at heart. I don't believe that about Jenny. Jenny goes back to like how dirty Jerry's material uh, like apparently is like that it's so dirty. He can't even say one joke on daytime TV and then actually kind of makes, I don't know, maybe like her second good point of the episode, which is like, what is Zach being exposed to in these bars? Like if your material is so filthy you can't say it here. What is Zach hearing? Like when he's at these bars and Jerry's like, yeah, he's not in a kindergarten comedy club. Is Jerry, is that a thing? Don't know if that's a thing. And he's like, he's performing with well-known names. He's on stage competing with adults. And Jenny's like, do you want your 11 year old to compete with adults? <laughs> like why? Like just to fail? Like, he's not going to be able to be as good as them. Like, the fuck audience an audience member stands up and flips to Cynthia in a in a way I guess she's like she okay audience members if you're gonna flip back and forth between stories then you need to remember names because it's too confusing when these people stay it happens all the time on these shows someone will stand up and be like she talks a lot about God and it's like who are you talking about like <laughs> sorry like Zach's mom? <laughs> what are you talking about? No, she's talking to Cynthia. She talks a lot about God. When she should practice what she preaches, and why? Do, and all then separately, why doesn't Susan have any say in her son's life? 
And Jenny's like, because he's a domineering man. And there you go, Jenny. There's a point. Point, Jenny. I think that was actually her second point. So we might be up to like two whole points here for Jenny. And he says, well, Susan, what if you decided that this isn't in Zach's best interest? And Susan's like, it's not in his best interest. (laughs) Sorry. I couldn't even get through that. Susan says, it's not in his best interest. I don't think it's in his best interest. And Jenny's like, well, then why don't you parent up and make a stand? And everybody cheers and we get no answer or resolution on that. Probably because Jerry's a dick to her too. That's my guess. We got another child star stat before we hit this next commercial. Guess what, guys? Lil Bow Wow was only six years old when he was the opening act on the Chronic Rap Tour. Which out of all the all the quote-unquote statistics that we've gotten so far is maybe the most relevant. I don't think you should put a six-year-old on the Chronic Rap Tour. I don't know where Lil Bow Wow is now. I feel like Lil Bow Wow and Aaron Carter kind of were like in the same time period. But I haven't really heard as much about Lil Bow Wow, obviously, as we have about Aaron Carter. So I don't know where we are with that. Aaron Carter, you know, nobody brings up... (laughs) Possibly because he's not a thing yet in 2001. I'm not sure. I'd have to check the timeline on that. But um, I wish wish they would have referenced Aaron Carter more because that would have been a lot more pointed or relevant to all of these issues. Also, I want to point out, like, okay, I'm watching the episode. I'm taking notes. I'm taking notes, right? This is 40 minutes, I guess, because, like, the commercials are cut out. So it's 40 minutes with, what was it? I think we had 15 minutes left and, like, before we started talking with Jerry and Zach. And at that point, I was like, oh, yeah, okay. On the second, like, because I've already, I'd already watched it once when I'm taking notes, right? So I'm like, okay, yeah, like, uh... Maybe it was 10 minutes. I was like, yeah, okay, 10 minutes to talk to Jerry. Or, sorry, 10 minutes left. Five minutes to talk to Jerry. Five minutes to talk to whatever expert they brought out. And then I forgot. There's another family in here. Like, we really spent most of the time on those first two. And then we jammed in, like, some far more problematic families. Just jammed them right into the end. <laughs> I wish we kind of would have flipped that a little bit. Next up. We have Mario, who is 34, with his five-year-old daughter, Amanda Clare. Amanda Clare's really cute, I guess. She's not as cute as the other two kids, to be honest, if we're going to, you know, compare kids that way. Which is probably not something we should do. And this is another one, I guess. Mario brings this girl out to karaoke bars until, like, two or three in the morning. Sometimes, not every night. I guess. I mean, they don't have karaoke at most bars every night, so maybe that's why. Jerry's like, so you wanted to be famous, and you couldn't, so now you're pushing your daughter to be famous? And Mario's like, yes, that's right. <laughs> okay. Um, also, because we see Amanda Clare, like, um, backstage, I guess, in, like, the green room, and she's wearing uh, pants and, like, a jacket. Like, it's a little suit. It's pink. Very 90s shade of pink and it's in that same Romy and Michelle material which made sense to me until I found out that it was in 2001 and then um oh guys I understand what happened this is where we had 10 minutes left and I was like oh yeah okay Mario and then the expert and then that's it but there's actually another person (laughs) I can't believe how much like 
bullshit they try to stuff into these. Ugh, I felt like I was almost done and now I'm feeling sad. Ugh, Mario's like, yeah, I don't know. He did talent shows, but then his parents didn't know the business like he does. So he didn't make it. He probably just wasn't that good. Now he's a producer, so um, he feels like he can give Amanda Claire what he didn't get in terms of support, I guess. Jenny's like, doesn't she just want to play? Like, she's five. <laughs> and Mario's like, well, she gets to play for like 30 minutes a day. <laughs> Mario, that's not enough for a five-year-old. Uh, he says, well, she's going to be doing this until she's 18, as long as she's under my roof. And Jenny's like, and is this in your best interest or hers? <laughs> Mario's like, both of ours. Amanda Clara is invited out. She comes down the runway. She's not smiling, walking like a robot. She's probably so scared. It must be so scary to be five years old. <laughs> oh, I don't like it. Uh, she waves at Jenny. Jenny's like, do you like to wear lipstick? And she's like, yes. And she's like, do you like to sing? And she's like, yes. She's like, do you want to be a famous singer one day? And she's like, yes. And you've always wanted that? Yes. <laughs> Just a stupid question. Like, asking a five-year-old if they've always wanted something? How how much of a memory do you think she has? <laughs> Have you always wanted it? What, for like the last three years? Two probably not even you don't remember two so like yes Jenny she's always wanted that for the past one year because that's as long as she's basically been like conscious Jenny's like you've never wanted to do anything else again she's five so never it's like a weird word to use she's like no Jenny's like and you want to go out to the clubs until two or three in the morning yes do you like only playing for 30 minutes a day? No. Mm, okay, again, my kid is six, and I would say kind of barely has an idea of what... If I said, would you want to do this for 30 minutes? Like, even at six, I would say my kid has a tenuous grasp of like what 30 minutes means. So I don't know what the point of asking a five-year-old that question do you like only playing for 30 minutes a day first of all I don't think she knows what 30 minutes means second of all she if that's true then she probably doesn't know any different like what context do you think she has uh, Amanda Clara now sings a song for us that her dad wrote for her allegedly it's called daddy's pride it actually sounds a lot more like she wrote it <laughs> to be honest and I include the music in that the lyrics are definitely at a five, written at a five-year-old level. The music, too. <laughs> the chorus, for example, it reads, I play with toys and games, my dolls and bikes. I'm Amanda Clare, my daddy's pride. That doesn't even rhyme. She sings like a five-year-old. No shade, because <laughs> she is a five-year-old, but she sings. She's not... I do remember like watching something about Christina Aguilera and child stars generally. I'm not for it. Like, I don't think it's a good thing, but I will say I remember like, okay, Mario, first of all, two examples, Kristen Chenoweth. I remember hearing uh, an interview of, with her where she was like four or five in her room 
belting out like in a Christian gentleman voice. And her parents were like, I think she said they were like ranchers or something. And they heard it and they were like, oh, oh shit. I guess we're going to have to like do something with this talent. Like they weren't pushing her. They were just like, oh shit. You might be like above and beyond talented. So we might have to actually nurture this in a way that we weren't really expecting. That seems like a way that things happen. I remember also, well, I think it was like behind the music, Christina Aguilera, where similarly, I think she was like upstairs in her room singing by herself and her parents thought the radio was on and she was singing. I think they said she was singing Black Velvet, which is a very, I mean, it's not, I'm a man to clear my daddy's pride. It's like more of a mature song to sing, to put feelings and emotions into And they started yelling at Christine Aguilar to be like, turn the music down. And she was like, the music's not on. I'm just singing. And they were like, oh, fuck. <laughs> You're really talented. Like, that's what talent looks like, Mario. If you would have been Kristen Chenoweth, it doesn't really matter how much experience your parents had in the biz. You would have been Kristen Chenoweth. Like, that wasn't the problem. So I'm not trying to shit on this girl for singing like a five-year-old because she's a five-year-old. But, like, if you were Christina Aguilera, I think it would show by now. (laughs) Maybe not, but I don't know. Jenny, like, people stand and clap for this little girl because she's five and in a horrible position. And Jenny, like, can't even give her that. She's like, oh, you're clapping because she's cute and it's not her fault that that she's being pushed into this, right? Okay, don't tell your audience why they're clapping. Mario says that he wants she's like oh you want her to be Britney Spears when she's like 15 16 and he's like hmm no like 12 (laughs) not the clarification I thought he was gonna make he says he's gonna be her writer and her producer all right Jenny now grills her on her mom like by her I mean what is it Claire or Anne god that's a terrible name too Anne Claire Amanda Claire, sorry. Jenny starts asking Amanda Claire questions about her mom while her mom's not on stage. Jenny's like, does your mom like you singing? She's like, yeah. Jenny's like, does she want you to be a famous singer? And now Amanda Claire breaks in a really obvious way that we can see she's been coached. I'm going to say maybe groomed by her dad to answer yes to like all these questions because now she like breaks and she looks at her dad so jenny's like do you does she want you to be a famous singer amanda claire stops looks at her dad for direction and she's like she whispers like no like she's like she wants to say no but her dad's obviously told her to say yes to everything and so she's like in because she's five like and she's confused (laughs) like she looks at her dad because she's like oh fuck like what do I say and immediately like I'm not the only person that saw that right like we all saw that everybody in the audience starts booing them and Amanda Claire looks so confused and hurt in that moment like of course she does that's so mean like of all the things that Jenny's done so far I would say that's mean to push this little girl like that when you know that her dad is I don't know grooming her at least and then 
this is what happens. Everybody boos. And she's like, oh no. Like, and she's only five. So she can't make any sense of that at all. Like, she's like, oh, what happened? And then Jenny backtracks on that, which I guess is good. Better to not do it in the first place. But she's like, you know what? Let's bring out your mom. You don't have to answer for her that, you know, you don't have to do that. Okay, Jenny. Well, don't make her do that then, bitch. Um, (laughs) okay. So her mom, Anna Lou comes out says all the same shit. Uh, she makes this girl sing when she wants to play with Barbies, wants her to, like, the mom is like, I want her to decide what she wants to do. Uh, the dad's pushing her too hard, and she also brings up being out at karaoke bars until, like, two or three in the morning. And Jenny's like, well, what happens if she doesn't want to practice? And Anna Lou says she cries. <laughs> and now the mom says something that's, like, very confusing it didn't really make sense, but I think what she's saying is like, I've told her between us, like if, if Amanda Claire doesn't want to sing anymore, she can tell me and we will talk to Mario together. (laughs) Jenny asks Mario like, okay, if that happened, if they came to you and said, no, she doesn't want to do it, would you let her quit? And he's like, no, not yet. Cause he's a dick. Again, I'm not on Mario's side. I just want to make that clear. An audience member asks him, Ugh. <laughs> I don't know if maybe Jerry tried to write some material for Mario here, but uh, an audience member is like, do you consider yourself a tyrant? And Mario's like, would you, con-? like, he doesn't even pause. He's like, would you consider yourself a wannabe TV star since you're standing up to talk on camera, but you have nothing to say? <laughs> okay, Mario, you are being defensive. <laughs> an audience, like, I don't know, they fire back. They're like, well, let me tell you something. You don't know talent because evidently you're living your life through your child. You dwimp? I'm sure she said dwimp. I feel like maybe she was going for dweeb or um, shrimp. Dwimp. I swear to God it said dwimp. We have another commercial break with another child star stat. Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake were 11 and 12 when they got their start on Mickey Mouse Club. There you go. (laughs) Don't think I didn't do anything for you. Next up, we have Sandy and her daughter, Sam, who's 16. And this one, it it felt the best, I guess. It felt the least rude. First of all, at 16, like, Sam can't actually have a conversation with Jenny. Like, she doesn't need to be led (laughs) like this. Um, Or, like, how Jenny's been doing to these other poor children. And she was actually decent, I guess. Uh, I guess she wants to be a crime scene investigator, but Sandy, the mom, didn't get to sing, so now she has to. This is how Jenny explains it to us. And how I'm going to explain it is that now Sam is extorting her mom for money in return for singing. Like, the Sandy comes up and she's like, no, she, I, what is it? I'm not pimping her. She's the one pimping me. And I was like, is that how pimping works? Sandy, I think that makes you the John. I don't think that makes anyone the pimp. Like, you're paying your daughter to sing for you. So if we're going to get into a prostitution analogy, pimps aren't even coming into it. Like, she's just getting money off of you for doing something that you want her to do. I don't think it's a bad analogy to, (laughs) to bring in prostitution, but I don't really see a pimp here yet. 
Uh, we watch a home video of her mom, of the mom, Sandy, begging her daughter to sing on camera. She offers, like, a bunch of shit, money. She's like, oh, it could be my Christmas present. And this is where I got the date, because the date on the video camera said 2001. Sam comes down the runway in a Canadian tuxedo. Sam says she'll sing today just to get her mom off her back. She's like, I'm just going to do this, and hopefully she'll leave me alone. I hope that she sees that I do have self-confidence, and I could do it on my own if I want to. Now Jenny starts negotiating for Sam to get a cell phone in exchange for singing on stage. And she's like, oh, you want her to sing on stage? Well, she wants a phone. Maybe you should get her a phone, eh? I think that's a, I think that's a pretty reasonable exchange to for, for her to sing on, on stage. And then I was like, I think Jenny's the pimp. <laughs> I, think, I think Jenny became the pimp here, you know, Side twist I did not see coming. Sam sings Killing Me Softly. And she's actually decent. I mean, she's definitely the best so far that we've seen. And this song is, like, that's a hard song to sing. Like, I personally, I find the key to be very difficult to hit. And the way that the music track is, it's basically a cappella. Because at least for the whole verse, I think we only hear drums. And then the and then what makes it more difficult is then the music comes in on the chorus, so you have to start in the right key, but also a cappella. Like I, I'm not gonna take that away from Sam. I, it, that's difficult. I feel like what she's doing, but at the same time, then by the end, I was like, mm, kind of sounds like what I would call good karaoke. Like I, just, I wasn't blown away. I was just like, oh, that wasn't terrible. <laughs> like she's not Lady Gaga. That's for sure. I almost wrote Britney Spears. I was like, oh, she's not Britney Spears. And then I was like, I don't know if Britney Spears is like the most amazing singer. Ugh, don't come for me on that. I think she's talented and I think she has a lot of star power. I just don't know if she's like the best singer I've ever heard. Lady Gaga is a really good singer. An audience member... She makes a point, but it's kind of convoluted, and I honestly saw, (laughs) then I noticed she was wearing a baby pink t-shirt that says Marvelous Muffins. (laughs) I thought that was more interesting than whatever she said. There's a commercial, but we, I guess we're out of statistics, guys. (laughs) By statistics, I mean useless facts. And all the kids are seated in the front row. We have a psychotherapist here. We don't see any PhD or credentials, but they say he's a psychotherapist. His name is Rick Tivers. I don't think he's wrong. I think he just has not been given enough time to adequately address anything. (laughs) At this point, we have like three minutes left. And he's like, he has some good sound sound bites, I guess. He's like, you know, this show is really about passion, but it's not the kid's passion. It's the parent's passion. And then he says... Live your life to the fullest. (laughs) Generally good advice, I guess. He says he thinks Daryl really loves his kids, but he thinks they're afraid of him. Daryl says they're not, but they know he's a strict disciplinarian. He doesn't smank. He takes away privileges. And Jenny's like, that's good. Like, it's good that you don't spank. It's a better strategy to take away privileges for misbehavior. But it's like, you should do that when they actually fuck up. (laughs) Not when they're just, like, not into your dance product dance practice uh rick now acknowledges that everyone we've seen has talent which i think might be a lie 
But he has, again, a good point, I guess, though it's short, is that, like, the best way to stifle creativity and talent is to shame someone. Like, if you're standing over someone while they're trying to do something good and creative and, you know, it's difficult, they're just, they're not going to want to do it anymore. Uh, He basically tells all these stage parents that they're living their own dreams, and he tells all the moms that they need to stand up for their kids. But then it also cuts to Cynthia in a weird point there where I was like, I don't, are you telling Cynthia she has to stand up for her kids? I don't know. It didn't, the editing wasn't very good. Rick Tivers says, this I did think was valuable is that he's like, like as a psychotherapist, he's like, I see a lot of, of a lot of adults who struggle with anxiety and depression. They struggle with feelings of not being good enough. And it's all because their parents were pushing them for their own passion Nobody likes to be told what to do, and there's a difference between guidance and control, and those are all excellent points. I wish he had more than 30 seconds to (laughs) elaborate on them. And as much as those were all good general points, Jenny's now like, Rick, could you give one general comment? (laughs) Like, as if that's not what he's been doing. And Rick says, there are two, like, if this is what you're going to do, there are two major risks. Anxiety. Like, you are creating anxiety for your children that they will carry on into adulthood. And also, you are (laughs) running a risk that your kids are going to be pissed when they grow up and will reject you. The music is already playing over him while while he speaks. And now, it's over. (laughs) There you go. Did you like it? I hope you liked it. Again, I found it less aggravating to watch (laughs) than a lot of... (laughs) Excuse me than a lot of other things it was fine it was horrible like it was bad morally but it didn't make my skin crawl to watch it or talk about it so in that sense I enjoyed it very much and I hope you did too thank you for sticking it out listening to me jabber on about these terrible people if you would like to reach out to me with any comments questions concerns you can do so at realityrootspod at gmail.com. I am on the track. I am. I have downloaded Facebook and I have downloaded Instagram for you guys. So I am going to try to take some time this week to create accounts for the podcast on both Facebook and Instagram. No way in hell I'm going to dip my toe into Twitter So don't expect that. Don't look for me there. And I'm not going on TikTok either. So do not look for me on TikTok. Do not look for me on Twitter. We will be on Facebook and or Instagram shortly. And thank you for your patience. Thank you for listening. Uh, Just one last thing. If you have an extra special second just for me and you are feeling generous, if you could do like a rate and or review and or subscribe, That would really help me out. Thanks again for being here, and I will talk to you next week. Okay, bye.